Welcome to episode number three of Backwards by Design. Today, we're going to talk about privilege. Backwards by Design is a space for people to get real about education. You don't have to be an educator to engage. You just have to be somebody who's passionate about kids, learning, and doing things the best way that you know how. We are going to talk about the stuff that we love, the stuff we find frustrating, and the stuff we wonder about when it comes to education. We are going to be real, honest, kind, and most of all, professional. Let's get into it. Let's talk privilege. I hope you will stick with me throughout this entire episode because my experience with privilege has been a process and it continues to be as well. I will strive to be open and honest as I share where I am at in my ongoing journey with privilege. I hope you will listen, engage, think critically, ask questions if you have them, or just learn along the way feel like I need to offer a little disclaimer here before I start because for some reason the way I say the word privilege just seems funny. So if it sounds funny, please don't laugh at me. Just go with it. Okay, so now on to where I'm at and my life experiences with privilege. If you're a teacher, you have more than likely read the story somewhere along the line about the backpack that we take with us and the imaginary backpack and all the things that are in our backpack. And I remember listening to a professor talk about this when I was doing my undergrad degree. And then they had us read this article and break it apart and pull it into pieces and think about how our lives connected to that backpack. I'm going to try and find the article and post it with this so you can read that article if you haven't, but just kind of bear with me here. So it was an article about what we take with us, what life experiences we have, and how they form our guess, our reactions, or the way we talk to people, or how we carry ourselves. If you've read it, you'll know. And if I'm explaining it wrong, go with me. So when I was growing up, I knew that I was lucky, but I don't think I ever realized just how lucky I was. I'm using the word lucky on purpose, and I'll talk to you later on about how that changed for me, and that word has changed. That backpack story, I think, is the first time I can remember really realizing just how much I had in my life and how lucky I was to have it. And I don't think I realized even up until very, very recently what that meant. I am still learning. I am on a journey of just understanding how my place in this world has been influenced by my experiences and what I can do to support others. I viewed the word privilege as exactly that, a word, before. My feelings about that word have definitely changed. About seven or eight years ago, I was part of a PD session. And in this session, someone had been brought in from a university to talk to a group of educators about privilege and what that looked like. And I can vividly remember feeling so frustrated and angry with this person because they came in and basically told us all that we were privileged and we didn't 
value that or understand what it meant to be privileged. And we got talking about truth and reconciliation and what that means and living on the land that doesn't belong to us. And it was just such a heavy, heavy, heavy conversation. I am someone that grew up in small town Saskatchewan with so many amazing opportunities. I was surrounded by so many wonderful people. Eventually, my family moved to a bigger center, but I was still so lucky. I had so many opportunities provided to me, and I just don't think I really understood what that meant. If you are listening to this and you are not from the prairies, being Saskatchewan, Alberta, Manitoba, or Canada itself, you might have questions about some of this, but I think you'll get the general idea. I'm going to talk about white privilege and what that looks like for a short little bit. I grew up in small town Saskatchewan, like I said before. The town that I grew up in had four separate reserves very, very close to where I lived. I went to school with some amazing people from those different reserves. I went to school with farm kids. I went to school with town kids. I went to school with so many different wonderful people. And when I look back on the people that I went to elementary school with, it's so interesting to think back as an adult how we connected our lives together and what that looked like. And so many of those people are doing so many awesome things with their lives. And it's so cool to follow along and and see what they're doing. But on the flip side, I also grew up in a predominantly white community. We had students in our school who were First Nations, but the surrounding schools around us on the reserve communities A couple of them, I believe, had schools of their own. So some students came to our school, some schools or some students stayed on their home land and went to their school. That's how I understood it at the time. Then fast forward to university and I take my very first Indigenous Studies class. I had absolutely zero idea about residential schools prior to walking into that class. That class, I think, was the starting point of transforming my understanding of First Nations people and how my ancestors from many years ago and many of our own ancestors influenced and impacted the lives of First Nations people. It was huge. And I think that's where I started to understand privilege. Now, when I say I started to understand privilege, I mean I started to understand privilege based on my life and my experiences and where I lived. And a large, large part of that is surrounded by the First Nations communities that I live close to and and live around and live in because we all live on treaty land. I know that's going to upset some of you, but it's true. We all live on treaty land, and I firmly believe that. So what does that mean? How do we navigate going forward? How do I, as a 35-year-old person living in Saskatchewan, who's only ever lived in Saskatchewan, how do I navigate my own privilege? One of the biggest obstacles that I personally had to work my way through 
was understanding my own privilege, but also navigating the guilt that I felt people thought I should have because of my privilege. I am a white, blonde-haired, sometimes brown-haired, blue-eyed person who grew up in small-town Saskatchewan in an extremely loving, caring home. I didn't realize or understand that just by being born, I was privileged. And this is where my understanding of privilege started to really grow when I had that moment of realizing that's privilege alone, just being born into a certain family. Um, But I always felt like people thought I should feel guilty. And I got angry about that because why did I have to feel guilty? Because I grew up in a loving, caring home. And over the years, through my experiences, through my education, through conversations with other people, I no longer feel that way. I feel, yes, privileged, and I know that I am, but I don't feel angry about people calling me privileged anymore. I'm being really open and honest about this, and I hope that you'll understand that I'm still working through a process. I've also realized that privilege can be seen and experienced in so many different ways. Privilege doesn't always mean money, though it can often be very connected to money. Privilege can be experienced through opportunities that you might be provided. Privilege can be experienced due to the color of your skin. Privilege can be experienced because of your gender, because of the size of your body, because of the way your brain works, because of the culture you come from. Privilege can mean so many things, but it's what we do with it that counts. There's a distinction I want to make between love and care and privilege. I know many people who have love and care from others, whether it be a parent, a grandparent, a community member, an aunt, an uncle, an older sibling, it doesn't matter. I know many people who have love and care, but they don't have privilege. Right now, privilege to me, or how I understand it, is that I am free to move about how I want to in my community. I have a warm house to come home to. I have food in my fridge. I have the ability to pay for new food if and when I need it. I have a secure job with a secure paycheck. I have a vehicle. I can pay for gas to put in that vehicle. I don't have to worry about my basic needs being met. That's my privilege. Love and care goes a long way, but it's not everything. Previously, I said it's what we do with our privilege that matters. And in that statement, I purposefully use the word our because I think privilege is huge in so many communities and how we as a community choose to navigate and understand our privilege is what really matters and is what really is going to create change. Earlier in the episode, I started to discuss treaty land, First Nations people, and I want to focus a little bit more on that. If you are someone living in Canada who has not looked at, read through the calls to action for truth and reconciliation, 
please, please just go and look at it. Choose something small, something little that you can start to educate yourself on. Education can mean freedom. It can mean understanding. It can create compassion. But most of all, education creates change. A couple summers ago, I had the opportunity to go and watch a fastball game in small town Saskatchewan, two teams, both from small town Saskatchewan, playing against each other. One team was a predominantly white team, and the other team was from a local reserve community. Both teams were playing an awesome ball game, and as a spectator, I noticed there was a young man playing in left field, and he was just doing his job, playing the game. Everybody was enjoying watching. The game was going well. And all of a sudden, this young man started to get agitated. And you could tell there was something going on that was bothering him. And within minutes, the situation ex- escalated in a massive way. This poor young guy who was just trying to enjoy an afternoon of playing ball was being harassed by a grown man on the side of the field and this gentleman was harassing this child and I say child because he was a child I'm going to guess this ball player was about 17 years old I'm, I could be wrong he could have been adult age I'm not sure nonetheless it doesn't matter but this young man was being harassed by a grown man on the side of the field for one reason and one reason only, and it was the color of his skin. This young boy was a First Nations individual, I believe, I don't want to assume, but I'm fairly certain that he was. And this person that was on the side of the field was yelling derogatory, mean, hurtful remarks at this young guy just trying to enjoy a ball game. It was absolutely awful to watch, awful to see, and my heart hurt for that young man. I had tears in my eyes, and I didn't know what to do. This grown man in his truck was yelling racial slurs at this young guy, and when this gentleman, no, he wasn't a gentleman, he was a a guy in a truck, he was asked to leave the ballpark, and after multiple attempts to ask this man to leave, not only did he start to drive away, but he drove away yelling out of his truck and waving his hand in a really discriminating, awful way and yelling just the most absurd, rude comments out of his truck at this young man and his team. It was just heartbreaking to know that in, what was this, 2021, we were still treating people that way because of the color of the, their skin and the way that they dressed. It was just heartbreaking. That's all I know how to explain it. And there was something in me that switched that day. I feel like it's important for me to say that I understand I am privileged And I also understand I still have work to do. I'm sure I've probably said something in this podcast that is going to upset someone because of how I said it. If that's the case, I want you to tell me. I want you to educate me. I want you to talk with me.
teach me, help me, because I think that's what we need. We need to work together. So please don't take this podcast as me saying I'm perfect. What I'm saying is I've recognized something and I'm working on it and I see a need for that in our communities as well. I think on that day, in that moment, I realized just how important it was for those of us who have privilege to do better and to be better. So I started going to events. I started talking with people. And most of all, I started listening. Now, when I say I started, this is something that's happened in small ways over the last couple of years, whether it's donating, helping, picking up a warm coffee for somebody in need, it doesn't matter. Just start somewhere. And I really, really would love to encourage you to start somewhere, no matter the color of someone's skin, the size of their body, the people they choose to love, you name it. Just love people. Choose kindness. Give kindness. Be kind. Do good things. And learn. Most of all, learn. I feel so lucky to be able to work in a job where I am able to help students understand privilege when they're young. Help them understand what it's like to give back to others, to engage with others that are different than we might be. There's power in difference. So I really want to encourage you to transition yourself from someone who maybe feels like they should feel guilty because they have privilege and look at what can your privilege teach you and what can you do with it. I'm not saying that we are all privileged in every way. We all have things that set us back, that hurt our hearts, that make us question what we've done wrong or how we got into this point. But look at what you do have and embrace it. And look at ways you can give to others. That doesn't mean financially. Sometimes just saying good morning to someone can change their day. So after listening to this today, I hope you will decide to choose kindness and you will choose to listen to others. It can go a long way. Thanks for listening.